Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Candyman. Candyman is a 1992 American supernatural horror film written and directed by Bernard Rose based on Clive Parker's short story The Forbidden. The film follows Helen Lyle, a Chicago grad student completing a thesis on urban legends and folklore, which leads to her accidentally summoning the Candyman, a murderous soul with a hook for a hand who kills anyone who says his name five times in front of a mirror. Tony Todd. Huge. You sexy voice, oh son my of a God. bitch. As soon as that voice comes in, I'm like, okay, I get it. I was basically like... Kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Desire me. Yeah, I yeah. do. Okay, yeah. Tony. Yes. Say my name. Yeah. <laughs> Hook me from groin to gullet. Well, <laughs> no, you know what? It's a pretty yeah. sexy voice. Yeah. It is a great voice. Yeah. Well, I did read that like um, part of part of the idea of this was that there is a Dracula-esque nature to him. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, if there is a seduction level where you kind of do want to be pulled, which like works really well. Yeah. And even the, he definitely feels like he's trying to seduce her and like people's mm. like, oh, cool. There's a black Dracula now. That's really yeah. great. Um, and then even the director had the two leads as in Tony and Virginia. Virginia Madsen. Madsen. Yeah. Do like ballroom dancing together to try to get a bit, <laughs> of, a bit of that romance sure, sort of yeah, in yeah. there. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's he's yeah. It's. It's interesting because he doesn't show up for ages. Yeah. There's that flash of him in the in the story at the start where um, yeah. Ted Raimi is getting a bit of action. Mm. Yeah. But then yeah, he, he then he's gone for most of the film yeah. until that scene of the car park yeah. where he's just like Helen. Which I quite like because mm. I like that you build up to him. There's all the talk of yeah. Candyman, everyone's telling their different like what they think he is sort of Exactly. Thing. And it's then really you finally see him and there is that sort of fear to it. You're like, oh fuck, here we go. Yeah, like I even love that we kind of get the false candyman with the yeah. the, the leader the of the gangbanger gang. who's yeah. yeah, got the whole has basically like taken the persona because it is a scary thing and, yep. and yep. all the rest. Um and we see him and he's like, Yeah, he's he's scary in the way any other human who wants to hurt you is scary. But then when we see Tony, who's so tall with that voice and the outfit. The fact that the hook, too, is it's not a guy holding a hook. Yes. His hand is, like, dripping with blood. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's so good. And then, like, even that we... Like like you said, there's a build-up in the that takes 40 minutes or so before he's on screen. And then we see him fully, and it works. Like, I love that they're actually sort of... 
This, this, let, let's go back a step because this movie was very impressive. I think all three of us came into this movie with the idea that this is a schlocky slasher. Yep. Yeah. People, there's going to be a lot of people saying his name into the mirror. There's going to be a lot of jump scares of him coming out from behind them, which we did have a bit of that, but it was by and far not what this movie is about. Mm, like, no, it's way more complex and what it's really it's a really fucking good movie it is so surprisingly good uh, yeah i wasn't expecting I, I was expecting it was just like going to be doing that kind of bloody mary type story just mm. over and over and over again until someone figured it out yeah. and sort of confronted him yeah you know which which would be and look there are two sequels to this a plus sort of a reboot right. sort of thing but those two sequels sound like dog shit i think that's where we're getting it from yeah is that they've sort of tainted this standalone story that it holds up very, very well. Mm. It's just, I love the idea of the Candyman as the villain. Like his whole thing being that he's actually not the Candyman. He's just this entity that thrives and lives by having a congregation of people who yeah. tell his story. Yeah. And so he's immortal. They're telling this, this story of uh, a slave who gets killed by bees for sleeping with a white woman. And then it's, no, it's actually, he's the, the guy with the hook who comes after the, the, the girl who's babysitting and chooses to have sex. And, oh, no, it's actually the guy who puts the razor blades in the candy. And, mm, like, yeah. all these urban legends just stacked on top of one another to create yeah. a character that's kind of none of them but all of them. Mm. And even just his whole thing of being, like, you could live forever. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you, if, you, if you become part of this story, you could live forever. As a story. As a story. Mm. Yeah. Well, but, like... <sighs> when he says it, though, you're like, oh, I believe it. Well, he even sort of says it's like it's a blessed existence, I think yeah. is the phrase he uses. So, it's, it's like... You are existing in some fashion in a very euphoric state, I guess. The, the, the line is, it's it's a really great bit. And it's it's when he's talking to her, I think she's at home or... Mm. Oh, no, it, it might be the first time he appears and he says, I think it's, I exist, but I don't have to be. Mm. Like, it's basically, he gets to live in this world, but he doesn't actually have to be bound. But like, you know, he's fucking flying out of windows. Yeah. He's dripping, dropping down to the floor like a... Like a man on some obvious wires, <laughs> Mission Impossible style. So, yeah. like, yeah, it's 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 a does, really cool concept. It does feel yeah. Dracula-like there as well. Oh, 100%. And even, like, so, yeah, that was done very much on purpose. Even the way he sort of is hypnotizing her, that sort of how she kind of goes a little bit out of it. And yeah. for a while, they actually were hypnotized. They had a hypnotist come in and, oh, be really? like, before those scenes, try to, like, hypnotize her. Wow. And basically, she got to a point where she's like, I don't like this. Can yeah. please stop? <laughs> where she's like, can I just try acting, please? <laughs> yeah, like, fucking exactly. hell. <laughs> just if Sarah Lawrence Olivier showed up and was like, have well, you tried directing it, <laughs> <a> damn boy? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, the score. The music score. Oh, yeah. Big Off Philly glass. And it's like the first, you're, it's the first thing you experience this movie. You get that great aerial shot, which yeah. I was reading for its time was, this was literally, obviously they had done aerial shots, but never that smooth, never that, like, we're used to those now. This is 92. Yeah. It was literally the first of its kind. Kind of reminded me of The Shining. Yeah. It's a different one, but the same sort of vibe. I exactly think. right. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got that score coming in underneath. The score's incredible. Philip Glass, he's a weapon. As soon as his name came up on the screen, you're like, oh, yeah, this will be good. Yeah. <laughs> Even just that piece of orchestration that plays for the, like, the Candyman's kind of theme mm -hmm. is immediately iconic, too. Yeah. Like, it's very operatic and spooky, and but also it's very, like, synthy and 90s because it's Philip Glass doing all those. Yeah, and I even feel that there's, like, it, there's, like, a, like, it's almost, like, churchy music in a way, which yes. makes, yeah, he's got his congregation, like, that, that back room with the, the, uh, painting of his face like that is his little temple so like it makes sense that there is this operatic church organ type 
sound to it. And it's, yeah. oh, it's How so was that good. shot of her coming in through his mouth of the yeah. painting? Fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's when I knew, oh, no, this is more than what I thought it was. Yeah. I honestly think as soon as we saw that shot, yeah. I just thought, oh, fuck, man. I don't, I don't know what I'm in for here because this yeah. already is not what I thought it was. Yeah. It's, it's a huge film. And it, it also, like, tackles some really- like so, the the urban legends, mm, mm. The, the theme of virgin legends, and how they grow and shape and change and linger, and how he doesn't come to her when she says his name five times. Yeah, he only comes to her because she disproves the Candyman. Yeah, by proving that it's the leader of a gangster, and she says to that kid, "Yeah, he's not real." And the kid's like, "The Candyman's not real." Yeah, and then from that point on, yeah, the Candyman shows up, and he's like. Fuck you. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> I was having a good time. Yeah. And if I can get you, the one who made my congregation doubt me, um, on I'm board in. and use you as an example and bring you into your own urban legend, yeah. that's only going to strengthen me tenfold. Like, it's the the logic of it is all great. So, like, that side of it, like, like we've talked about, love a rule in a horror movie, all that sort of thing. So, that's great. But then also the social commentary it's making at the oh. same time. Like, I just, I did not, ex- like, it's crazy to me that, like, obviously- People talk about Get Out in in the in the way because it does a very similar thing where it's like telling it's using horror to make a point about society, and I don't understand why Candyman hasn't been spoken about more in that realm because it is doing exactly the same thing. Look, there's every chance it has, and we just don't know. Well, that's true enough. That's true. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It just feels like it should be more in the zeitgeist that when you talk when you talk about something like Get Out, you're also referencing Candyman yeah. because it's it seems like an obvious connection. Mm. Well, especially because the whole like even just the great little thing where the gentrification of things, like how mm. the projects are like these dilapidated, terrible buildings, and this woman lives in a building yeah. that used to be a project, but is now out of the, like it was social housing that is now out of the realm of mm-hmm. possibility of anyone living in. Yeah. Because that throw a bit of, you know, how much did you pay for this? She's like, you don't want to know. Yeah, like, yeah. And she's like, you know, they just painted over these walls and it, it, that great thing of that capitalism and that kind of thing is just a machine that, oh, we, we built this for everybody. Now we're going to repaint it and now it's only for some people. Yeah. Just so well, mm. so well done. Like yeah. even to the point where she's like, the layouts are identical. Yeah, she like knows where the bathrooms are. There's a literal are. mirroring of the two sections of society. Yeah, but you can see the similarities. You can see the huge differences as well. Yeah, it's 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 just it's just really well done. Even even the stuff about the police and how they operate and how mm. there's that thing when after she's been attacked and she's walking along and she's like, you know, their kids go missing and get killed there all the time. Yeah, One yeah, white definitely. lady gets hit and the cops lock yeah, the place yeah, down. Yeah, like it's. It's just a really interesting thing that it's like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't expect this movie. I didn't expect this movie to be deep at all. No, no, exactly right. And then I was even reading so for Cabrini Green housing projects. So that's a real thing in Chicago. And so oh, okay. the original short story was because uh, Clive Parker, I think, is English, so it was actually Liverpool, and it was about it was still about class divide in, in Liverpool. But when Bernard Rose wanted to make this project, he's like, I want to set it in in America. I want to set it in Chicago yep. and look more at race. Um, looked at the Cabrini Green housing projects and literally he's like, he'd driven past them and he's, he said they, they emit such an aura of fear that driving past them, people get nervous just driving past this housing project. And so he's like, well, this is a horror movie. The one thing you need for a horror movie is a great horror setting. There's this literal project that causes fear in people. So he wanted to set it there. He also filmed it there. Oh, fuck. oh, wow. Right. So, he got special permission to sort of film it there. And he actually had to make a deal with the ruling gang members to put them in the movie as extras as those gangbangers we saw outside the front of the place. That is oh, so fuck. good. Oh, I love that heaps. And he did that to ensure the cast safety and crew safety during filming because, and even with this arrangement- um, They would still be fucking shitting themselves. Well, on the last day of filming, a bullet went into one of the production vans. Fucking hell. Yeah. 
Bernie Rose. Like he just like, but that's like he he really had a vision for what this needed to be. Yeah, and yeah, again, I just think very very successfully done. Yeah, because you do feel the weight of it, you know. Yeah, and them going to the housing project, you you're worried for her because yes, it is dangerous, and she seems much too blasé. And even for this housing project, there's a line where they say, you know, our kid was killed here last week. And that was true. Literally a week before they were filming there, a kid had caught a stray bullet from these two gangs that were having a fire out. And some rando kid just got, you know, unfortunately shot. And then even actually I read that the urban legend of someone coming behind the mirror that you can push your way through. Well, that's not even an urban legend. That's a story from Chicago where these housing projects were built. Because it would have actually happened. And someone got murdered because someone came in through their- Their medicine cabinet. Their medicine cabinet. Jesus. Oh, that's horrible. Isn't it? So, again, I think this is why the the weight of this movie really impacted me because so much of it, he's actually grounded. He's he's grounded in our actual urban legends, which is great for that side of things. But then he's actually grounded in legends of the real world, the horrible things that, you know, happen. It's it's also fascinating too, the- the divide, like uh, just the great depiction of that class divide in mm. the story. In that you have, she goes to the projects, she interviews those people, and they are they are genuinely terrified. Yeah, talk, like kids terrified. Right. That um, Anne Marie is that her name? The the woman who lives in the the apartment with the, with the baby. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, she's terrified to tell this story. The two, the fact that. There's that great bit where the cleaner's telling, oh, my friend knows about this. She's like, oh, you sh- can I talk to her? And she's like, yeah. And she goes out and her friends just work. Like, He's the, the cleaner yeah, as they're well. They're the cleaners yeah. out there. They're generally terrified. And then you flip that with, then you have that fucking pompous professor guy. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, yes. Well, I know all about that. Yeah, it's like yeah. at a fancy restaurant over mm. wine, it's dinner conversation. It's yeah. a bit of a joke, a bit of a, <laughs> those savages with their silly That's little it. stories kind of shit. Yeah. And it's like, there it is in black, like there's li- in literal black and white in this instance for this story. But there it is there, like so clear that for some people it's a fun story. Yeah. And for some other people it's their A life. horrifying reality, yeah. And it's just, then you get that really great blurring of when the horrible story becomes Helen's life and reality. Yeah, and that's it. And that's what I like about it is like, it's doing both of those things simultaneously. We still get the fun of a horror. We get the fun of the mythology. We've got a great villain. We get some crazy shit with the bees. Like, there's so much good stuff happening while all that is also taking place in the background. Yeah. So, like, such a good pairing. And then story-wise, at no point in this movie did I ever was I ever able to predict the next thing that was going to happen. Yeah. Mm. And that's rare. That is very rare, especially yeah. for, like, you know, again... What I went in thinking this was going to get, which for was a, like yeah. textbook, yeah, slash, yeah, yeah. you know, slasher. Yeah. yeah. So, just very impressed across the board. I mm. like, yeah, story-wise, it just kept throwing these crazy curveballs to the point where you're like, by the midpoint, you're like, her life will never be this. There is no coming back from Paul, this. Yeah. It was almost like, what? She's just going to die, surely. Because right. like, what's the quality of life going to be for this character? Yeah. She's been through fucking hell. That fucking husband. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Xander Berkeley. What I tell you, when his name came on the screen at the start, I said, I bet you he's going to be a cunt. <laughs> you yeah. did. You yeah. called that very early. I love also just how early they flag that he is fucking his students too. Oh, like it's... <laughs> they don't even try and hide. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's a really nice payoff that when she does get arrested... And she calls home and he's mm. not there. Yes. He's yeah, doing, yeah, you know, yeah. Bad shit. And yeah. it's just like, he's never really there to support her. He says, I'll stand by you. And then immediately locks her up. Yeah. And then she's been there for two months. Yeah. Oh, it was like a month. And she got out, you know, escaped, comes home. And he's there with the girl painting the house. And yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's also, but you're right. It gets to a point where you're like, there's actually, when she kills, well, he's accused of yeah. killing her best friend. And that- mm. The deaths in this are gross. There's so much blood and gore. Yeah. It's yeah. groin to gullet. 
It well, when you hear gullet gullet. from the start, you know you're in for some fucking carnage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were very excited. You're like, oh, I haven't heard the word gullet for a while. This is going <laughs> to be a good. great word. <laughs> great word when a man has a hook for a hand. Oh, yeah. huge. Oh, jeez. I hope I, hope I live to see this. Yeah, I did. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Were we scared? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so too, but like... Literally, I think I have felt the same thing as um, Helen felt in that I was scared, but I I wanted to see Candyman on screen. He was such a, like an alluring, impressive, yeah. cool figure that yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, he's awful, but I got to keep watching this guy. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're waiting. You're like, it's it's that great Simpsons gag when Poochie's not on screen. Everyone should be asking, "Where's Poochie?" Where's Poochie? <laughs> it's it's literally like when Candyman's not around. You're like, man, I wish we can see Candyman soon. But then there's a party that's like, nah, yeah, because if he's on screen, something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. Tell you how effective this movie is. I'm I'm scared to say Candyman five times. Oh yeah, and I know that's dumb, but I don't want to do it. Well, no, 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 it's no, only no. a mirror. I think there's a mirror. It has to be a mirror right now. Yeah, there's mirrors everywhere, mate. <laughs> how much money for me to do it? Yeah, how much you want to give me? Well, no, I'm I'm just. What's the figure? <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll actually do it. Give me money, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> give me money, I'll do it. How much money? I'll fucking do it right now. No, I don't want to do it. No. Nah. Because it's one of those, it's the same. Hey, it's the same <laughs> Should we start a Kickstarter for sure? Just say Candyman five times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. There you go. Well, um, yeah. So if you just uh, want to slip us a, a figure, a dollar amount, w- just send us money. And when it hits a certain yeah. level, yeah. We'll, we'll film Sean saying Candyman five times into the a mirror. And then um, we'll also be then be looking for a new uh, yeah, co host. There's a third Scary Boy out there to replace yep. Sean once he gets once killed. Once he gets killed by the um, Candyman. So, right. um, I can't believe you're going to film a murder. <laughs> you're the one doing it for money. No, you'll money. film me say it and then I'll die instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess they are going to film a murder then. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, it'll just look like you've had a heart attack. But there's like. <laughs> This man had a heart attack. We're like, what is it? Yeah, it's like his heart was pierced with a hook. (laughs) (laughs) Groin to heart. Groin to heart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back to the scares for a second. I saw something I haven't seen for a while, which was like a full body jump from Tom Reed. Wasn't that for something really It was very early. It It was was real early. early. It was real early. (laughs) It was one of those things too, right? We hadn't even started stress eating. No, and I wasn't that scared. (laughs) Yeah. It just it just because it caught me by surprise yeah. and I and I was at like at a relaxed state because it was early in the film yeah. that when I got a shock my whole body joined in. What was it? It was like a dog barking. Or no, something, no, 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 no. It was um. It, it was um. When he kills the girl at the start in the in the story, the baby. Yeah, it was. When oh, she okay. leans forward, says it one more time, and then he, with a crack, he just appears behind her. And I was like, <laughs> whoa! So I was like, like, you yeah. know, it's coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I knew it was coming, but I think it was like the combination of it came way faster than I was expecting because I yeah. thought she'd say it. <laughs> Nothing happened, and then you get the like she'd hear a noise, she'd turn around and yep. then turn back, and he'd be in the, like that kind of yeah, stick. yeah, yeah. But no, the movie did not again <laughs> unexpected. Yeah, literally it happened, and then bang, he just was behind her and yeah. just and like it, there were a few 
good little jump scares. Not, and I wouldn't even say cheapy jump scares for the most part. I mean, all jump scares have some level of cheapiness to them, but nah, some of these are real rude because they so, weren't even anything <laughs> scary. They're like when she pops back through, the, hey, it's like shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most all the ones that happened before we saw Candyman mm. were a little bit fucking well rude, a bit frankly. cheeky, yeah. yeah, cheeky and rude. Yeah, Gonna bash Bernard Rose. There was mm. the one with that that neighbor who had the baby, and then she opened the door and had the dog, and the dog was barking. Yeah. That one got me a little bit. Yeah, and I was like, oh, not happy about yeah. that. But then with Candyman, there was one where he comes busting through the medicine cabinet uh, at Helen and I read that <laughs> as we've learnt so many times in horror films she hadn't been told that was going to happen so oh. she ran screaming <laughs> out of there for real <laughs> that's great oh, I love that that was a good shot though that was a good shot also love when he came in or up from under the doctor and mm. got him and then just like did that move where he flew out the window yeah yeah I'm pretty sure if I watched that again I could see some wires attached oh, to it oh, yeah. and I love that yeah. I really do well, on that doctor's, that death was the best death in this thing. Yeah. So, obviously, we get that line early on in his um, monologue where we're just over the top of the bees, where he mentions he'll gut you from groin to gullet. Yeah. And then that scene is where he fulfills that promise because yeah. that is a proper groin to gullet killing yeah. happening right there. Yeah. What's also fucked is, like, at, at that point, that's that's 100% on Helen. Yeah. She's oh, like, because yeah. he shows the video of her in the room by herself. He's like, so do you want to talk? She's like, well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll bring I'll, him here. I'll bring him here, yeah. So she does and he shows up and he's like, all right. Yeah. And then just when he when he pops the cuffs off her and he's like, the congregation are going to witness a miracle. Like, yeah. that she escaped miraculously. Like, also, we're, we're sort of into it a bit, but I loved the ending of this film. Mm. Where Candyman is defeated, mm-hmm. but the legend, the urban legend evolves and changes as a new audience find it. And now Helen, this yeah. woman who burned to death saving a baby yeah. and now gets revenge on ex-husbands on a jilt- or a jilted yeah. lovers. Or if you're unfaithful and you say her name just four times yeah. Yeah. in the mirror, she yeah. shows up with her burnt head and a hook. Yeah, the fact that it's still so iconic and yeah, there's that jilted love, the... He was alone in a bathroom and was found in the dead in the bath. Like, there's so many components that you're like, yep, that sounds like an urban legend. That's yep. fucking great. But even the fact that I think he knows that if he invokes this, it'll happen. Like, because then, because he does it three times and then mm. he turns off the light and does it the last time. Yeah. Mm. What, what do you expect? Mm. And then that's she says up. She's like, what did, what did you, what do you want? Like, yeah. Oh, it's good. I, I fucking, I gave this movie four and a half and I think I'm a dumb cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Follow your heart, Tom. Might need to update the review. Look, your system. All movies start at five. This did. Where did it lose? I don't know, man. Yeah. You fucked up. I, I fucked up. Yeah. Gonna have to edit this review. Do it. Might do it right now while we're on it. <laughs> okay. Just let, me, just let me correct some mistakes. Letterboxed integrity. Yeah. So something else I wanted to talk about were the, the bees in this movie. Because I I knew there was a bee connotation thing. But again, this is a no, early 90s movie. I didn't know what what that was going to look like. Mm. It looked fucking great because it was all practical. It was yeah. real. It was, Tony it was yuck. had a mouthful of bees. It was disgusting. And then made out with Helen with a mouthful of bees. The yeah. bees falling on her face. I've updated it. The bees falling on her <laughs> face too. I'm like, those are real bees. They're, so they are all real bees, right? So I, I looked into it. And so one, Tony was just like, he was very very on board because he knew he was going to look fucking awesome. However, he also said he's got a great lawyer because he organized that for every bee sting, he would get a thousand dollars. And so across the three movies, he got stung 26 times. Okay. Not as much as I thought. Not as much as I thought. Part of that was because they actually bred bees specifically for this movie. Yeah. And so basically they get them at a certain age, which is like 12 hours old, almost exactly. Yeah. Where they're young enough to look like adult bees but uh, sorry, old enough to look like adult bees, but young enough to still not really be able to sting properly. Great. But here's the really interesting parts of the whole bee thing, which Man. is that he's the bee boy over here. <laughs> he loves his bees. <laughs> so Virginia Madsen, when she read the script, Bernard Rose really wanted her, and she when she read the bees part, she's like, oh well, like I can't do it. 
I'm allergic to bees. Oh. And so Bernard Rose, you said to her apparently, no, you're not. <laughs> you, know, you just think you're just afraid. You're not actually allergic to bees. She literally went to like a doctor's to do the test to show, yes, she has allergies to bees. It showed she was sort of more allergic to wasps, still definitely allergic to bees. And then basically he, Bernard Rose just said, well, we'll have some paramedics there. It'll be fine. Oh my, oh my God. And so it went ahead. Did she get bitten? So no, she didn't, luckily. Um, and basically she said she had to kind of like really go into this like zen-like state to not, because obviously the, the beekeeper said, the more agitated you are, the more likely they're going to sting you. Fucking and obviously, hell. yeah, they had these bees that were unlikely to sting. Clearly they do because Tony got stung so many times. Yeah. I mean, he had them in his frigging mouth. And then even for him, he had this dental Ugh. dam at the back of his throat. To stop them from going down his throat. To stop them from going down his throat. Oh, just crazy. But like, the again. Commitment. The commitment. And it, and it looked awesome. You're like, it was horrific because- the reality is horrific. That's gross. Like, yeah. like, it's gross that they did that. Oh, fucking hell. That's that's incredible. Yeah. That's, we were talking last night that she deserved an Oscar for Sideways. She deserves an Oscar for this. Mm. Put a life on the line. Love these just like, nah, you're not. I, uh, I think I am, mate. <laughs> what did you think? That she was going to go, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just scared. I love that she still said yes to the movie, though. Yeah. I, well, I think, so one, obviously she liked the script, but I think she kind of... She said she actually always loved the idea of having a seasonal movie. So, like, obviously, they're big Christmas movies. And so, she she gets a lot of pleasure from the idea that every Halloween, there's people out there who are going to watch this movie. That's and cool. just love it. Which yeah. I really like. I think that's, like, yeah. that's wanting a connection to that community, yeah. which is cool. That's awesome. Uh, did our characters act wisely or foolishly? Um, I mean, you could say she's foolish for going down this path. but you I think early to. on, she's there's definite, definite foolishness in she's very blasé about the myth at all. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Even we were sort of discussing it after we finished the movie. Even if you're like, oh, it's just an urban legend, it's not real, you don't have to actually say it five times in front of the mirror. Yeah, she she is... But she's cavalier and blasé makes dumb choices even away from the supernatural thing. Like, her decision to go back to the projects solo. By herself. Yeah. Yeah. And then when the kid's like, this is where this kid got... Like, to go in there and there's blood all over the... Like, blood what the... shit everywhere. Also, that's the worst toilet of all time. Why are you going in there? Yes. Even without, like, Candyman, you're going to get hepatitis. There's a bath. There's a toilet full of fucking bees, you yeah, idiot. Yeah. You're allergic to bees. Yeah. <laughs> don't kick the door open, but then don't open the lid of the toilet. Yeah. What do you think you're going to find in there? Literally a chopped off dick of some poor kid. Like, yeah. that's I've the story for about that. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. That, 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 uh, he that, got his dick cut off. And at that point in the film, Tom was, like, sitting down going, I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> dick cut off? That's a five-star film yeah. for Tom Ray. <laughs> Tell me the lie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's horrific. Yeah. yeah. Now, so, she, she makes some very stupid choices the whole yeah. way through. Even then, when she's in the, like, the psych ward to be like, mm. right, I'll prove Candyman's real. What the fuck did you expect? That's really dumb. Like, yeah. you're fucked. Mm. You're cooked. You yeah. cooked, yeah. That's the thing. Like, I think you'd have to pretty much accept that you cooked and be like, "Well, best thing I can do is protect others." Yeah, and she kind of doesn't at any turn. She no. didn't seem to have like that awareness of what it looked like from their point of view. Yeah, like, it's pretty yeah. open and shut case. You've killed all these people, right? But for her, she's kind of like, "Um, oh, no one believes the imaginary man that's coming." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she kind of wasn't even like making that claim. I, like, it was interesting. Like, she was cornered really well in that. If she said that, obviously it's going to come across as crazy. Yeah. But then anything else she says is only going to make her seem like, yeah, she's the murderer because yeah. there was no other option. Yeah. Well, and you pointed out something interesting, Damon, when you were like, if she says it's the Candyman, well, then the story starts again. Yeah. She's, so he she's helping the myth. Yeah. He's really done such a great job. Either the myth is going to keep growing because there's so much strangeness around this woman who's investigating the Candyman, yeah. or she just straight up says it was, in which case, great. 
he's got some more people in his congregation. Oh, the Candyman can if does it with love. <laughs> but again, I also think she just makes them like when she wakes up in that bathroom, she comes mm. out, she's the dog on the ground. Don't pick up the meat cleaver. What a scene though. What a cut to scene. Of, yeah. Like, I, again, this is where I was like, I just don't know what's going to happen next because all of a sudden she's waking up. There's a, yeah, she picks up the meat cleaver, which is the dumbest thing, but there's a little fucking rot wheeler head on the floor. It's- we hear the woman crying for her baby. You're just like, oh, this is awful. We already know some poor kids had his dick chopped off. Like, yeah. I was very on edge at that point. Is there a part of you, though, with the meat cleaver where it's like, well, you wake up, there's blood everywhere. Do you pick up a weapon? You're going to weapon up. Yeah, I, I, I can get that, but I don't know. Just, yeah. I guess from the context of watching it and being like, clearly you're being set up here. Yeah, not smart. And then the other thing that I found frustrating was like she kept getting these flashes of where the baby was. And it was so obvious that it was, you know, that that apartment behind the apartment. Yeah. At some point you go, you've got to tell them where the baby is. Yeah. Because the cops can go get it. Yes, it's going to make you seem more guilty. They're pretty convinced of your guilt at this point anyway, sweetheart. Yeah, that is weird. That's kind of selfish, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of like, that's dumb. That's mm-hmm. all right. She Joan of Arcs herself. She does. I mean, she all for the baby. So, look. That was brutal. Yeah. That's really brutal. Yeah. Great final set piece. Inside a literal bonfire. Yeah. Fucking amazing. As he's screaming, come back to me. Yeah. You will, we will die to get, like, be with me. Yeah. Because, you know, there's that great shot of the graffiti where mm. one of you said it's a Dracula situation. It's a Dracula situation. Yeah, there's yeah. her in the background as mm. his lover. And, you know, he's like, nah, we'll-, we'll We'll both be immortal, but then just the idea that she gives the baby back, burns to death, and then at her funeral, that whole procession yeah, of the protest yeah. coming in and throwing the hook into the coffin. Yeah. They come in late. <laughs> they, look, I reckon they got big entrance. The wrong time. Nah, big entrance. Big entrance. Powerful moment too, where they're like, like just the the look they give mm. the husband, like yeah. you dog. Yeah, well, especially because now it's like this is our saint. We are her congregation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, literally, and then then and then even the the graffiti of her at the end. It's it's not. Spooky! It's this. It's no, reverential. It's yeah, she looks. Yeah. It, she looks like Joan of Arc. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Saint Helen. But mm. I love that too because it's like like we said earlier. It still works for her. Her now going forward as her own myth because yeah, she's going to help jilted lovers. Like yep. she's she's still terrifying, but as a force of redemption. And you know maybe if you if you say a name four times, she'll help you find your missing. Like you know, right? Yeah, she'll protect you from Candyman. Mm. So that's what the sequel should have been: Helen v Candy. Yeah. <laughs> Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, hook yeah. v Hook. Hook v Hook. Some hook on hook, hook action. Hook off. Yes. <laughs> All right, lads, how would we do in this situation? Uh, we die. I've thought about this since the movie. Yeah. And based on how that movie plays out, yeah. it's inevitable. So, look, here's what, here's what I had in my notes. I was, I was going to say none of us would ever do it because we're cowards. It's something we'd never do. And I was going to be like, but we have to because it's the kicking over stones. That's our point, blah, blah, blah. For the right price. Now I know exactly how this happens because yeah. it's just happened. One of us, who's a big dummy, decides for the right price, I'm going to say it five times, we get a Kickstarter, he does it, and that's how we kick over the bloody stones. I'm excited for St. Carno. <laughs> Come on, boys. Give me some credit. I'm not that dumb. I only lit a candle when we watched that uh, oh, movie host. Fucking hell. Oh, boy. Can I say, though? Yeah, probably die. You need 30 seconds of courage. How long does it take you to say five words in a mirror? I'll tell you right now. Candyman, get... Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> oh. Is it mirrors or is it reflective surfaces? Because that TV over in the corner is off. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, that's reflective. There's a literal mirror right behind you. Your glasses are technically reflective. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Fucking hell. We'll, yeah. we'll see. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Position open. Okay. <laughs> but this movie shows you there's not really a lot you can do like no. <laughs> like he's got all the cards yeah. the only thing that we could do is he's powered by belief yeah and stories yes we love stories we are writers of some sort we love belief we love belief we, we believe, believe and believe we do <laughs> as has been established before on this show you we just it. write 
<laughs> Damo and I quickly just jump on. We write a short story mm. and we change the rules. And then we, we disseminate it everywhere on this podcast. <laughs> hey. So we're going to write some fanfic about Candyman. Yes. Can we just make it that he's like an absolute sweetheart? Yes. Can we just like <laughs> he's gives, misunderstood. Gives the best hugs. Yep. Yeah, gives great hugs. Yeah. Maybe ship him with some other horror icons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we use him to bring like Kush back to life. <laughs> just just all these huge things so that we actually save our friend Sean Carney I from love uh, being killed. The power killed. of stories was going to say. He will have a congregation, but his congregation would just think he's completely different. Sweetheart. So Sean probably dies when he says it five times in the mirror, and we know now that Candyman's real. So Damo and I then, in your honour, release this new podcast short story telling the story of Sean Carney and Candyman, and then we also solve the other problem, Damo, of a new co-host of Scaredy Boys, Kush, Candyman. I thought Kush Kush was back to life. Well, Kush is back to life, maybe. But, I mean, uh, we could keep Kano on because now you're going to become your own myth. Yeah. That's it. It's like if you ever hear someone just whisper, you cunt, <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah. Sean Carney might be near. Time to tell you boys about the angriest man in the world. <laughs> if you ever hear someone get angry at uh, some prick in traffic, yeah. that's Sean Carney. Anytime you cut someone off, Kano will appear to flip you <laughs> off. <laughs> Anytime you don't believe and believe, yeah. you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> uh, Anytime you think, should I watch Loch Ness? And then a, a, some mystical being picks up the remote and turns it on. Turns it off, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking Sean Carney. <laughs> the myth is real. Oh, it's great. Uh, lingering at the 55 metre mark of every football ground around the country. <laughs> well, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And if you scary listeners would like to send us a hello, tell us some movies to watch, you can do so by emailing us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Awkward Trade. I thought uh, you were roaming around the highways of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Stay scared, everyone. Oh, that's horrific. Yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.